The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hey, this is Nick DiMatteo from Music Is Not A Genre. I just wanted to take a minute to talk to you about the service I use to record and distribute my podcasts. If you haven't heard about Anchor, let me tell you from experience, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Here's why. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So please take a moment out. If you are planning to create, record, and distribute podcasts, take a look at Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, I'm Nick DiMatteo and welcome to week 190 and video episode number 16 of 4T, the Thursday throwback track. Every week I take a release from my collection, I discuss it, I give you my take on it, I throw in some other stuff and I talk about how it has influenced my music. Uh, Please, as always, don't forget to like share comment click subscribe all the social stuff please that's uh you know something i tend to forget to mention and it's very uh important i've been told uh this week we are taking a sidetrack and back again into music with three releases as you can hear let's take a listen not really music is it you some of you may recognize what this is um But we're taking a sidetrack into comedy, in particular the three albums I have in my collection. Eddie Murphy's first album, Eddie Murphy's second album, Comedian, and Bob and Doug McKenzie's Great White North. Um, Musicians and comedians have, have been in a love affair since forever. Talk to any one of them and you will hear the reverence for the other, how much they respect the other, how much they they often wish they could be the other, how often they try the other. I mean, you know, look at Stephen Colbert and Jimmy Fallon are two perfect examples. They salivate over music and musicians. They often do it themselves by choice. Um, You know, in in some cases, parodies the way Jimmy Fallon has done imitating other artists or Stephen Colbert certainly does funny songs, but he's done musical theater as well. You know, there's, 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 that's a you know, perfect example. Yes, it's true you can say that artists of all types, if you've ever been in the community, you, you, you know that most artists have more than one discipline. They, 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 um, they're the slash, the slashes, you know, that's a, whatever, I, you know, I've done that before myself. Uh, Kevin Bacon, Jared Leto, both have working bands, Bacon Brothers, 30 Seconds to Mars. You can't be that good at music 
and not have a passion for it, not have it be something that's central to you. And there are many times that the artists have said in interviews that the thing that they're best known for is not the thing that they're most passionate about. Um, I can't, you know, make that claim for Kevin Bacon and Jared Leto, but it, but uh, to me, it may be possible that either one or both of them, for them, music may be their true passion. And it just so happened that they, you know, uh, you know, came up and became famous as actors first, and that's the you know their meal ticket. And of course, they love that too. Uh, you know, then you have people like Tony Bennett and Jim Carrey who are visual artists and who have a real passion for that. That is a very, you know, more, more common than we realize. Um, I, I love graphic arts myself. I wouldn't say it's a giant passion, but it's something I really like to dig into. J-Lo uh, acts, she dances, she sings, she's, you know, one uh, very high, you know, profile, many examples of people who have more than one uh, talent and more than one passion. Um, but I'm gonna make this, this argument, I think it's absolutely true that nothing supersedes the relationship between music and comedy. Uh, the closer you look, the more you see that. Think of things like timing, delivery, tone, pacing, sets, creating set lists, you know, breaking up your art into digestible portions that are still somehow cohesive. You can take that entire list and apply it to music and never even think of comedy. You can take that entire list, apply it to comedy, and never even think of music. It works equally well with both, and it just shows how many links there are between the two. I, I really think that relationship is much stronger than in any of the other you know, disciplines. Um, I break down the music and comedy relationship into four different categories, uh, you know, in the three minutes that I've taken to uh, think about this. The first... Uh, to me, and I think the mo well, probably the, the most, uh, well, maybe not the most prevalent, but it's comedians who have crossed over into music. Um, uh, some great examples would be Steve Martin, who, setting aside his, his early hit in the 70s, which we can talk about later, I think it's a different category, um, has transitioned legit into banjo music, and he is really good at it. And I'm sure some of those songs are intended to be humorous, but overall the music itself is intended to be music, not for comedic purposes overall. And that to me is that's a direct transition crossing over from legit comedy to legit music. Uh, another one, if you remember back this far, Eddie Murphy uh, had a huge hit in the mid-80s, had put out an entire music album that was really good, you know, and it was not intended to be funny at all. It was, he did comedy, he loves music, he did music, that's what that... Uh, Sarah Silverman is another good example, more recent. She's done songs that were, again, not intended to be funny, and that's, this is why I make very, you know, clear distinction here for this first category. People who were, in, were or are in comedy who make a, a, a complete crossover into legit music not intended to be funny. Uh, it happens the other way around. I don't think as often, but it does, where um, someone who started out in legit music goes into legit comedy um, that, that uh, for the most part, has nothing to do with music. Uh, two great examples would be Ricky Gervais, and who actually started out as a musician. He started out in the music industry. If you go back into the 80s, uh, he was in a band, I think a duo called uh, New Wave, kind of techno duo called Siona Dancing. Um, they had a couple of big hits uh, in the world in general, not so much in this country, but that was just music. It was music not intended to be funny. They were musicians. They were serious about it, legit about it. And of course, he crossed over into comedy in a big, big way. 
Um, then you have uh, Philly hometown favorite Will Smith, Fresh Prince, who you better remember this if you uh, you love Philly at all. Started out straight up legit as just a rapper, a hip hop artist, a writer uh, with with Jazzy Jeff, and. Uh, made his career for many years as just that. And of course, fairly soon after, transitioned into comedy with the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and went beyond and beyond and has continued to do that and of course went into the serious acting too. But that's, that's again an example of somebody who, had, who transitioned and crossed over from legit music, not intended to be funny, to legit comedy, um, which may sometimes include music, but for the most part, you know, didn't or doesn't. Uh, third are the straight-up hybrids; those those artists and songs that were that were intended to be funny from the beginning, that used music and comedy uh, equally. Uh, some great examples uh, way back: Alan Sherman, Spike Jones, not the one with the Z. I love him too, but I'm talking about the early Spike Jones. Look him up. Um, Mel Brooks, geez, think about all the funny, you know, music he's done with direct, like, hybrid, you know, the Inquisition and all that stuff, which uh, my kids discovered a little while back, and I'm so happy that they did. Flight of the Concord's a recent example. I absolutely love them. Please look them up. Look up their HBO show. Look up their HBO special. Go see them if you can. These awesome, funny New Zealanders who do music and comedy equally. Elaine May and Mike Nichols, they did it way back. Uh, Judy Tenuta was known for that. If you are a stand-up comedy fan, you will remember her. Bridget Everett, who's a recent person who's, you know, touted by a lot of people now who, who does music and comedy equally. Again, deliberate hybrid. Um, the, uh, and then you have artists who, and I'm keeping this in the same category because it's about the song, artists who deliberately do comedic songs who aren't known as, you know, the Beatles were known to be very funny. You can, you know, you, you saw it in their interviews, you saw it in their movies. They, they at times did deliberately uh, funny you know, comedic songs. You know my name, look up the number. Perfect example. The Beastie Boys were known to be funny. Of course, music was their first passion, as with the Beatles, but they did deliberately funny songs on almost every release they did. Uh, so, you know, again, that's kind of that deliberate hybrid. And then, and then to me, there's this other category, which is not crossover at all. Those artists who have parallel lives, who from the get-go did music and comedy equally in ways where they didn't, they, they didn't cross over, they didn't meld, they weren't hybrids. A, a good example, most recent, I think, is uh, Donald Glover, who's also known as Childish Gambino. He's been doing music and com comedy comedic acting from the get-go. When he does or did Community or Atlanta, he's intending to be funny that is comedy, Gener you know, there might be musical tangents in that, but it's not what it's about. Childish Gambino, you know, I'm sure he has a funny song or two. Not intended to be funny, though. It is, it is legit hip-hop, and it's, and it's awesome. So there's the four categories for me. Um, I'm old enough to vaguely remember the first episode of SNL and how tingly I felt when it was debuting. That, that, um, that is a show that's always included both comedy and music from the get-go was part of the format you can tell how much they respected both the house band has always been awesome other than the opening you know skit what how's the show start you have that big booming announcer uh i'm gonna be talking about this I'm give me a second for this song i'm gonna come back to this in a second so remember that 
the house the house band would kick in with that announcer and then after that you'd have an opening monologue and then you'd have sketches and then you'd have a break for music and then more sketches and then another break for music this is SNL so many sketch shows did that in Living Color I always had musicians things like that that you can see again the link the, you know you can see that passionate link um, but knowing that I remember that SNL and how it felt to me to feel that as a very, very young child, it, it proves to me that music and comedy have been like this for me my entire life. Um, I've always thoroughly enjoyed being a comedic actor when I have an opportunity to do that. And of course, music is my first and foremost passion. Uh, I grew up watching my dad perform nightly and weekly. And of course, music is his first passion. And he would do, ser you know, mostly serious songs or songs, but he'd even do comedic songs too. But he would always take breaks at some point in, in the, his set to include jokes, to include comedy of some sort. And I think that had a huge influence on me. When I'm on stage, if I'm doing acoustic music, electronic music, if I'm in a, a doing the, the full band, when I'm doing my own music, uh, most of my music is, you know, serious. It's just music. But I always take time at some point in my set to go for a laugh, to be funny. That's partly because um, I, I like to encompass an entire world of existence when I do what I do. You know, I, I, I believe... Um, that, again, as you all know, music shouldn't be only one thing. Performance shouldn't be only one thing. I think people can handle way more than most, um, you know, marketers give them credit for and that they can have that inclusion of all the various levels of emotion and, and expression all in one. And uh, you'll find that not just in, in my performance, you'll find that in my lyrics as well, which I'm going to get back to in a second. Let's talk about these three albums really quick, though. Uh, again, Eddie Murphy's first two albums and uh, the takeoff, Bob and Doug McKenzie, Great White North. Eddie Murphy has been important to me since he debuted in 1980. Um, he has influenced me in more ways than it's even possible to describe. When he came back and did his Christmas uh, episode last season and, and reprised some of his uh, characters, uh, iconic characters, with just as much vibrancy as when they started, it, it, it made me tingle. I think I even teared up at some point, and that's how important he's been to me. And, of course, again... He had that big hit party all the time in the mid-80s, so uh, there's that link. Bob and Doug McKenzie, uh, actually Rick Moranis and Dave Thomas from SCTV, don't even get me started on SCTV. Uh, I'm going to name it as my absolute, hands-down, first love uh, well, not first love, but first, yeah, I guess super in love, like, oh my God, this blew me away sketch show. Um, when it debuted in the States, I think in the early 80s, uh, SCTV was groundbreaking. It, 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 there's, I think it was the most groundbreaking sketch show of its, of whatever, you know, its era. And, um, but I'm going to say it's my second favorite sketch show. Um, you got to look it up. If you don't know what SCTV is, and I know somebody who had never heard of it before, but who knows Rick Moranis, who knows, you know, Maureen, Maureen um, uh, O'Hara, uh, is that her name? Yeah, and, um, you know, and, and uh, Eugene Le Levy and stuff like that. Please look it up. Please, if you ever a fan of comedy at all, look up SCTV. Look, find the skits, please. Uh, but my first, you know, and well, let's go back to this. That song you just heard is a song called Take Off by Bob and Doug McKenzie. And in collaboration with Rush's Getty Lee, it was a top 10 hit. 
And in fact, the biggest hit that Getty Lee ever had in his entire career, bigger than any Rush hit. Uh, so again, perfect example, music and comedy. You, you know, there, there's success stories like that. Uh, but my first favorite sketch show, Mr. Show, with Bob and David, Bob Odenkirk, David Cross, who have, of course, gone on to, you know, fame and fortune, uh, Better Call Saul for Bob Odenkirk, David Cross in Arrested Development, and so many other things. Um, that, to me, is still, uh, that, that you, they, they did no wrong, as far as I'm concerned, on that show. That is just, you know, diamonds, diamond after diamond after diamond. And, you know, again... SCTV and Mr. Show, look them up. Find the skits. You just, if you like comedy, if you love it, just drop down funny. And in both of those cases, again, lots of music was included. You know, uh, so you know, as far as what I do, I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow the lid off of this. Gee, get ready. Um, I do intend at some point in the next, hopefully, year or so, to go to an open mic and do a few minutes of comedy. Uh, it's something I've been. Um, holding off on for a while and I feel like if I don't get it out of my system I'll never know you know what it means for me to be that um uh but setting that aside uh comedy is is not always a part of the music that I do although I have done straight up songs that were meant to be comedic such as the theme to this end up the theme to lock load love you know things like a lot of the music that I have done for the comedic films and and shows that I've worked on have been meant to be deliberately funny that kind of hybrid thing um, but for me, the way comedy has infiltrated my music has been in kind of a humanistic naturalistic sense my lyrics Every now and then they might be poetic, but I tend to like to write in a conversational way, in a way that's, that, that sinks into you like this is somebody talking to you. And of course, when you're talking, you could be talking about stuff that's funny, stuff that's not funny, you know, whatever it is. Um, again, encompassing kind of the, the entire world of expression and the inner, inner, inner life. And that has to include humor as well, you know, when it, when it works. So there are songs that uh, might have a serious or, you know, an, an intention for the message that I'm, I'm, you know, creating there and wanting to convey, but that have within them humor. Uh, many, many, many examples of that. But the two that I'm actually going to go with two this week, one is, and they're both from the same album, the title track of Listen You People, from the album Listen You People, uh, the entire chorus, the chorus is a punchline. Um, Parental guidance suggested, but please click on it, listen to it, and you'll understand what I mean when I say that. You can hear the serious message underneath, but there's, there's a punchline there. Uh, the second song from that album uh, is called Sick, and there's no punchline there. That's more of one of those kind of story jokes, I guess you can say. Again, there's a serious message about you know existentialism and what's wrong and blah, 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 but it's done in a way where the lyrics are, I believe, you know, kind of irreverent and funny. Um, so, as always, you know, click on those. Please listen to them. Listen to, you know, and, and listen to them more than once. See if you, you really start to get what they're about. Uh, click on more songs uh, in from that album or another album. Sh you know, share them, if you please. Share them. Um, there's Those songs are out there in the world, and that's their intention is to be shared. Uh, I don't care. You know, share them for free. That's that's. That's not the, the point here is not the money. Uh, and of course, read and click on the two links for Eddie Murphy's uh, discography and the Bob and Doug McKenzie album, Great White North. 
read the alternative text that I have here um, and, you know, look at the questions I have. What are some favorite, famous favorite comedians of yours who have crossed over into music and vice versa? Favorite sketch shows of yours? Favorite anything? Do you like any of what I've talked about tonight? Do you like any of the things that you listened to or clicked on? Uh, and share and subscribe and like and, and comment because, as always, this is all about conversation and connection. Uh, this has been my longest podcast because I'm really talking about two separate, two different things here. And I thank you so much for sticking with me and, uh, and for listening and reading and, and, and watching and all that as always. And I will see you next week. It's NFL draft season. And that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.